It is indeed a pleasure to have this privilege to play here for you. We, we intend to give you a very fine program, so just settle back, relax, and enjoy the moment. 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 Friday night happened. So I had stepped outside to talk to my boy, Jeff Newman, one of the nicest What's guys. What's up, everyone? This is Mike'd Up. I'm your host, Mika, and you're listening to Chad Alexander, host of the Local Bar Podcast. He's sharing an important story. Let's listen up. And all of a sudden, Don and uh, and, and Jason and, and Brian come come out of the... Um, of Foxfield to where the band's playing and come over and talk to, to me and Jeff. And they all look like, they all look like they'd seen somebody get shot. And I turn around and I'm like, what is, what is wrong with y'all? And Don just kind of shook his head. He's like, it's nothing. It's nothing. I'm like, okay. So I kept talking to Jeff and then Jeff turned his head. And as I turned to talk to these guys, some little young skinny dude walks up to them and says, guys, I'm sorry, guys, he, he's a jerk. Uh, he didn't mean to say that. He's just being dumb. I'm, I'm really sorry. Please don't think anything of him or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And Don turns to him and, and he looked at the guy. I was like, no, man, that, that, he's a jerk and he needs to shut the hell up. And I don't want to talk anymore about it. Jason, who normally doesn't say too much, kind of said the same thing. Brian, who doesn't really say too much, kind of looked around and said, yeah, that was really uncool. I don't like what he said. I don't like y'all two talking to me the way you did. I think you just need to get out of here. So I turned it up. On this okay. special episode of Mike'd Up, of we're going to talk here. about this story more in depth, the story that Chad is recounting. This actually went viral. Uh, this account was shared um, both locally from news outlets as well as nationally, and, and rightfully so. So once I continue to let you listen to additional audio from Chad's podcast, I want to come back and discuss the politics around the exclusion of marginalized voices from our area's tourism industry and entertainment industry, as well as quote-unquote allyship and our collective community's response to both overt and systemic racism. Yeah, it's just, a lot okay. to tackle, but I hope that you will indulge me and listen as I give my prescriptions. But here's Chad. His name's Jimmy, okay? And oh, why the hell don't I do this anyway? He owns the Main Street Public House in Columbia, South Carolina. Now, while I'm tell- telling the story, I want to make sure that I am making it very clear. I am not talking about the public house on Divine Street. Please, ladies and gentlemen, I am not talking about the public house on Divine Street. I'm talking about the Main Street Public House. It's called that on Main Street, Columbia, South Carolina. I believe the gentleman also owns the King Street Public House down there in Charleston. So Don's striking up a conversation with this guy. So Don was striking it up with him. He was like, yeah, what you know, what you guys doing with the sound system, whatever. He's like, no, nah, man, you, just, you, you need to come play. Just, just come on, man, because just come play with us. And just so you know... I don't ever sign any N-words, but he didn't say N-words. No, he said it outright and to Don's face. It's shocking to me. A dude that owns the Main Street Public House and the King Street Public House down in Charleston, South Carolina, will actually advertise to musicians, I don't sign any N-words. Are you kidding me? How can you be such an asshat that you would go off and you would absolutely and it, it, 
think that it's okay to advertise that to other people? Do you think the people around you agree with you? If so, it's time to broaden your circle up a little bit. I was furious, furious that somebody would say this. And let me tell you, as mad as I was, I don't think I was anywhere close to how mad Donald was. It was a really, really crappy thing to experience. I tell you this right now, if I, if I was a person of color in this city, I wouldn't play there. I'll tell you this, just for me on principle, I'm not going to play there. Hell no. I absolutely will not play there. Not with anybody. I shouldn't have to get on this podcast and talk about the guy, Jimmy, that owns the Main Street Public House using the N-word saying that he doesn't sign any of them. I shouldn't have to do that. That was a lot to take in. Um, It's a heavy story, but one that needed to be told. And I, for one, want to commend Chad for using his platform, his podcast, The Local Bar, um, as a way to shed light on such a dark topic. Something that I actually confront every day as a woman of color, as as a descendant of enslaved Africans living in Charleston, I encounter stories like this not as explicit and not as as overt as this one but i definitely either am told or have lived through some experiences that are very cringeworthy like this one again this audio was from chad's podcast i encourage you all to visit it um, to look for it on itunes that's where i found it Um, you can also find it on a number of other platforms Uh, It's a great podcast. Um, Other episodes are are very, very entertaining. I think Chad is very amiable, very likable. It feels like you're talking to a friend that you encountered in college and you reconnected with. Um, So um, kudos to Chad. Great content. And I look forward to listening into future episodes. But back to the the issue at hand. Um, This account um, was initially posted by the band member that was mentioned, Don Merkel. And in the show notes of this podcast, I'll include links to Don's initial post, as well as uh, both local and national coverage of this incident. I'm so happy that many news outlets chose to report on this issue because as of recording of this podcast, as of today, I've yet to hear any substantive changes um, from the restaurant group, except for the fact that they did post that they have uh, the Main Street Public House location had parted ways with the owner in question, uh, Mr. Jimmy Latulipe. Um, they've since removed uh, that post uh, on Facebook, so I don't know what that meant. I don't know if that meant that the outcomes have changed. Um, but when I reached out to the King Street location, um, I've yet to receive a response. Um, well, let me say that more accurately. The King Street management staff did reach out. However, the response was defensive and put the onus on me um, as an activist not to hold them accountable as it might hurt the employees of color. Um, And I don't mind sharing that. And I won't share who wrote that, but it also uh, falls in line with another account from another woman of color who reached out to see what they would do. And she got the same response that encouraged us to consider the families that are impacted by any type of protest that we may mount. And to that, I want to say, King Street Public House, do better. The onus isn't on us to correct this issue. The onus is on you. And we've yet to see a response that reflects that you're taking this as serious as you need to. 
We don't need you to just merely part ways with Jimmy. We need an explanation. We need transparency. And so when you reach out to activists or or community members from all backgrounds, please don't put the onus on us to think about the employees. We believe that Jimmy should have thought about the employees of color that are in his employ at King Street, at the Main Street Public House, and the other properties that I believe he's affiliated with. So I was a little disappointed by that. And I encourage all who are listening to this podcast, you know, I say this over and over again, uh, that activism isn't just one thing. It isn't the protest that we've seen this past weekend rallying for uh, immigrant families and keeping them together. It's not just that. It's, it's not just picket signs. It's picking up a phone and, and asking the management team at the King Street Public House, what are your next steps and what groups have you engaged to help rectify this this situation? We know that this is sticky. We know that ownership is not something that can be dissolved overnight. The expectation is not that you just snap your fingers and make it so. The expectation was simply that you engage community members, leverage our experience in anti-oppression work, and let us help you make this right. This isn't about exposing you or embarrassing you. It's not personal. But what it is, well, I take that back. It is personal, very personal. Not just to me because I'm a, a descendant of enslaved Africans, but because it's important. I wrote this week about Charleston's history of excluding black and brown bodies from enjoying life on King Street. Yes, um, during the civil rights era, we are very well acquainted. Well, many of us are, and if you're not, please just Google it. In 1960, in April, area students from the NAACP sat in right on King Street at a five and dime. They linked arms and, and sat shoulder to shoulder, and they protested the exclusion of them. They protested the Jim Crow laws that existed that prohibited black and brown people from dining in the same space in the same way as their white counterparts. Those policies, those actions, those uh, that history has informed today. It has informed our current state of affairs. And I know a lot of people are going to say that, you know, slavery happened a long time ago and Jim Crow happened a long time ago. Well, I'm a woman who has parents that both lived through Jim Crow. So it touches me directly. I hear these stories very often in my household. And it didn't happen so long ago. I think what we need to understand is that the policies put in place, those that were never fully rectified, still impact people's today. It impacts how people view people of color. It impacts... Uh, certain fields and as we see here there are people who are born with or who are taught rather I shouldn't say born with people who are taught uh, that their internal biases is okay and it's okay to use that in a place of business people are taught that and these systems and these laws and this this heritage of hate helps to inform that so I, I encourage you all to visit that blog post at the charlestonactivistnetwork.com. Look at where we were back in 1960. And while we don't see signs that say colored or white only, just think about the lack of diversity you see when you go out on Upper King. Think about the lack of diversity you're offered in the way of entertainment, 
in the way of how many businesses of color or woman-owned businesses or, or, or things of that nature. See how much diversity you really see on King Street. If you just look in, in recent newspaper articles that outline gentrification and the removal of of so many people of color from the peninsula and how it's now almost it, the, the demographics have shifted greatly. Take a look at that and, and, and ask yourself why. Why is it changing so rapidly? And what can I do about that? I don't have all the answers and I never, ever, ever attempt to act like I do. I do, however, want to suggest to folks to please read your history, read your Charleston history, and ask why to yourself, to your community members. If you don't see diversity in your groups, ask yourself why and what you can do to change that. I think that's a start. And there's a piece of audio that I was not able to include from Jimmy's podcast, excuse me, from Chad's podcast. And it was encouraging Jimmy to apologize as a means to to rectify the situation. And I've been very vocal about apologies here locally in Charleston, but I will say this, an apology would have been a great first step. Had we seen Jimmy get out in front of this issue and make amends to the communities that he hurt and to Don who experienced this, you know, it would have went a long way. Even if it was superficial, it would have said, you know what? He acknowledged that he did something wrong and he wanted to change that. So we want to see that. We, we, we want to encourage people to confront. We want Charleston to confront their legacy of exclusion. We want Charleston to not just apologize, but actually set things in place, earmark dollars, dedicate resources and, 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 and pull, pull from the community leaders and thought leaders Pull from them and, and rely on them to help you create solutions. This is a moment for both the Main Street Public House and the King Street Public House and, and all of those connected to Jimmy Latulape and, and to all of those who might have been impacted by his biases. This is a moment for you guys to, to really shine. We've seen it. We've seen Starbucks. Whether you are satisfied with that reaction or not, they responded in a way that showed that they gave it great thought and consideration. And while I don't think that this incident rises to that level, it's definitely up there. It's close because we don't know how pervasive this was. We don't know how often he said, I, I would venture to say that Jimmy felt comfortable in expressing these sentiments quite often, but I don't know that for sure. We only know about Don's account. So it's a lot to consider it's a lot to think about but I do encourage folks to um, just reach out to these restaurants ask them if they've dissolved their relationship with Jimmy and ask them have they reached out to cage him to the YWCA to the Charleston Activist Network to anyone ask them what they've done to help rectify the situation and if they want to partner with community members to create some diversity workshops or perhaps some showcases, now's the time to really correct company culture. When I was a manager, an executive in retail, I would often say this to those who were under my leadership. I tell them, what you permit, you promote. What you allow to happen is pretty much the culture that you're setting forth. 
It's a cliche, but it says a lot. And I often say this, what you permit, you promote. So as citizens of Charleston, as community members, when we see white supremacy, when we see someone doing something or saying something as heinous as what Jimmy LaTulipe said in front of these bandmates, I want you to use your privilege. I want you to use your position, whatever it could be, and say, no, this is not okay. That was hateful. This stops here. Call it out. And sometimes that call out is a phone call to a higher up, but just call it out. Do something. Don't remain silent because what you permit, you promote. And somewhere along the way, Jimmy thought it was okay to communicate those sentiments about African-Americans. And someone didn't stop him and say, dude, that's not okay. Dude, that's hateful. And in the current state of times that we're in, it's important to speak up and out against hate. I can't, I can't say it any more clearer than that. We have to speak up. In these important times, we have to speak up. Just like Chad and just like Don. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Miked Up. Um, I hope that you took a lot from this episode and were motivated to get active in your community or in Charleston or wherever you may be listening to this podcast. Um, I want to say also thank you to everyone who continues to support this podcast. Uh, Do Work Media and other area businesses have been amazing partners. So I want to give them a shout out. Um, I'd also encourage you all to please uh, visit uh, our website, charlestonactivistnetwork.com, for more information on upcoming initiatives and trips. We do have two Get Out the Vote initiatives underway. We've launched the Soul to Soul African American and Latinx um, community outreach program, and we're still fine tuning it and creating some key partnerships in both communities. So you can help us with, uh, you can support us there. You can also support us with the upcoming roll call where we're galvanizing community members to help get folks to the polls on election day in November. We will be trying to subsidize transportation efforts from area businesses and also area groups. So we're looking for donations and support there. You'll find out ways to donate and to help out at the charlestonactivistnetwork.com. We also have an exciting trip to the newly opened National Memorial for Peace and Justice and Legacy Museum uh, coming up in September, on September 28th. You can find out more information about that trip to this monumental museum, which is also known as the Lynching Museum. We think this is important. Um, I timed it in the fall so that um, as we approach the NFL season and and more rhetoric around uh, player protests and kneeling, um, as we hear more about that, we can actually visit a national memorial dedicated to this issue. And it can encourage more discussions about this country's criminal justice system and mass incarceration. We know here in South Carolina, we've witnessed some pretty unfortunate incidents take place at our area prisons. Um, The most notable um, is the Lee Correctional uh, Institute riot um, that resulted in many deaths. Um, And so we want to shed light on these issues, these atrocities, and just help people become more familiar with this country's history. 
So the Journey for Justice, a three-day bus trip um, that will be facilitated by Kelly Tours, that will take place in September 28th. Bus tickets are now on sale at Eventbrite. You can Google or rather you can search within the Eventbrite website, search for Charleston Activist Network, or again, visit our website. You can also find additional event information on Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter. Just look for Charleston Activist Network. You can call me, Mika, directly at area code 843-732-4374 for additional details regarding the upcoming trip to uh, Montgomery, Alabama and the newly opened Memorial for Peace and Justice. Um, I thank you so much for all your support on Patreon and everywhere else. Um, Before I leave you, I'm going to uh, end with some wise words about allyship from Alicia Garza. For those who do not know, Alicia is a co-founder of the Black Lives Matter movement. And I think what she has to say about allyship coincides with an action step you can take after hearing about this unfortunate incident at the Main Street Public House. So please listen to Alicia, take what you can from it, and I hope that you are moved to act. Thanks for listening. See you on the next episode. I just, I don't understand the framework of allyship. It just kind of doesn't mean anything to me. Um, For me, what it means to show up for someone and fight for them fight next to them, have their back, their front, their sides, is not being an ally. It's like, that's in your interest, right? It's like what you need to do to survive. And I think if we looked at it in that way, um, solidarity would look much different. So, um, you know, part of how I think we understand social change in this country has a lot to do with um, charity-based models, right? And it's what can I do for somebody less privileged than me? And usually what that involves is like giving some money, right? It's like very transactional. And allyship in the way that we've constructed it feels transactional to me. Um, I don't want allies, right? Like I want people who are like, your fight is my fight, right? And so I get just as indignant when you're not around as when you are around, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's me, like I see myself in there. Um, and that's how I feel, right? So um, there was a, a doctor a year ago, he might've been Vietnamese, who was beaten and dragged off of an airplane. Um, and it was some weird dispute about the seat and then they, the airline was overly aggressive in dealing with this, with this man. Uh, I was incensed. Like me personally, I was incensed because I knew that could be me, right? Like I knew that could be me. And I was one of the only people, black people that I saw talking about it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and I heard a lot of people saying things like, well, why should black people show up for Asian folks when Asian folks aren't showing up for us? And I'm like, that's not how this works, right? Um, Our understanding should be um, that maybe not everybody is coming, but right is right and wrong is wrong, Mm -hmm. right? And so for me, that is what solidarity is. It's like right is right, wrong is wrong. And when you see another person or community experiencing injustice or disenfranchisement or oppression or just things that are wrong, 
Like if that doesn't do something in the pit of your stomach and move you to act, um, you need to check in with yourself, mm-hmm. right? Um, do the work to learn about the experiences of other communities. Listening goes a long way.